Occupational health programs have been a part of the manufacturing and construction industries for decades. But now that COVID-19 is on its way out, are health and wellness programs on their way in for businesses of all types? Welcome back to Yo's podcast, Back to Work. I'm your host, Joe McIntyre. And on this podcast, we talk about returning your workforce back to normal during and after COVID-19. We'll also talk about what this quote-unquote new normal will look like for employers and employees alike. Today, I'm fortunate to welcome John Paha, Area Director at Yo with special expertise in the life sciences sector. John, welcome to the podcast. Hello. John is here with us to talk about the future of health and wellness and whether it's something that all offices should add as part of their employee benefits. From on-staff nurses and wellness screenings to prevention programs and stress management, these types of programs may be part of the new normal for businesses in 2021 and beyond, but we'll let John share his insights there. First, John, let's start off with a level setting question. What exactly is occupational health and how has it been traditionally perceived? Well, first off, thanks for having me on, Joe. You know, occupational health, as we traditionally know it to be, it's a field of healthcare that's committed to the safety and well-being of employees at work sites. It's traditionally emphasized the prevention of injuries, workplace fatalities, employee safety education. And interestingly enough, the roots go back to post-Civil War era where there's this brisk hiring of inexperienced young factory workers for manual labor, and that in itself triggered an extreme rise in workplace accidents and injuries. So from that, the occupational health programs by OSHA established to ensure employees operate in a safe condition and let it be known, OSHA guidelines and programs did happen to reduce workplace fatalities at that point by a staggering 65%. And now what we're seeing is with the onset of various infectious diseases, and we saw this with the measles outbreak, the H1N1, and the most recent COVID-19 pandemic, you know, occupational health is now defined even more so by the WHO, the World Health Organization, to include every aspect of health and safety, including a commitment to prevention of the spread of infection. So how did COVID-19 change how many businesses, especially outside of manufacturing and the traditional uh, businesses who handle occupational health, um, think about this whole idea of what occupational health is in, in 2020 and 2021 and beyond? It was certainly an eye-opener. The COVID-19 pandemic acted as an accelerant, if anything. I'd highlighted occupational safety issues in every business across the world. And in reality, it exposed some of its misgivings that certain organizations were just not prepared to face. Um, the social challenges that we see on an everyday working in a pandemic um, era, um, we see that it includes sick leave, childcare, disability issues, social distancing issues, psychological demands, now virtual environment demands, return to work transition planning, as well as general safety concerns of exposure to multiple health hazards. These were all intensely ma uh, magnified. There was this really great article by Harvard University's T.H. Chan School of Public Health put out about a month and a half ago on how COVID-19 underscored the absence of total worker health. And for those unfamiliar with total worker health, that's essentially what the new modern uh, occupational health and wellness programs pretty much align itself to being at. And it essentially it addresses reactively and proactively the challenges of work safety, health, and well-being. And at its core, it measures and assesses what a worker experiences, you know, collects that data, provides approaches on how to modify that environment, and encourages collaboration across traditional organizational boundaries to ensure a safe workplace. Uh, so in essence, it's, it's sort of like an acknowledgement of workers' existing health, but also keeps to the initiatives of maintaining their health wellness. And so with that, 
you see businesses had to change their thinking towards occupational health and are now inclusive of what's known as total worker health. They're not only seeing the traditional faculties of occupational health in safety and education, but we are now starting to see a movement toward a more proactive and supportive environment on, for instance, infection prevention and control or on enhanced psychological wellness offerings. You now have that deeper evolution, if anything, and integration of you know, our traditional health roles, medical assistants, nurses, screeners, PAs, physician assistants, pardon me, all working in the auspices of health and wellness and occupational health uh, and employee health, pardon me, but also they're working on return to work planning. They're also working on infection control. They're also working on medical surveillance and screenings, respiratory testing, workers comp, EHS, and even on-site flu and immunization clinics. So their roles have expanded as well. So beyond just roles expanding, which you listed uh, just a bunch right there, it seems like today, you know, occupational health isn't just something in manufacturing and, and construction like we talked about, but um, it goes well beyond those physical labor-intensive industries to the more traditional white-collar office setting even. Correct. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has made global businesses realize that occupational health and safety not only transcends all industries and verticals, but it must expand its offerings as well. And through that, folks that work in certain roles are also expanding their ability to provide that sort of service in this new modern era of occupational health and safety. So during the pandemic, all businesses were affected. And we saw that. We saw retail, automobile, supermarkets, garments and textiles, pharmaceutical companies, biotech, med device. I mean, the list goes on and on. And what the pandemic created was both a public health crisis as well as a global economic crisis to an unprecedented scale. Interestingly enough, we also saw a foreign one uh, sort of um, shock to, to the overall glo global dynamic, which was we witnessed a, a demand shock, a supply shock, a financial shock, and a public shock all in a year's time, essentially. And it's evident that every industry was affected, not just manufacturing, construction, and labor-intensive industries. And it was duly recognized that occupational health and safety was no longer confined to those three avenues. Yeah, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about how this whole program has changed. Um, you do this all the time for Yo with with Yo's clients. What does a modern health and wellness program look like uh, in today's you know in today's environment? Not just uh, how it's been impacted by COVID nineteen, but in just the current time frame we're at. Uh, what does a modern health and wellness program you know look like? Yeah. Today? So to answer that, we got to look into the offerings that had had has expanded. Pardon me, uh, since then. We know that every worker was now experiencing some form of work family issue, difficulty in transition to telework, increased rate of COVID infection among workers, absenteeism due to COVID-19 infection, work pressures due to staff shortage, safety concerns of the working staff, economic stressors, frequent reminders of death at work. It was, it was, it was horrible. And the demand for occupational health to provide these solutions under these new norms was intensified. And now we see an approach to modern health and wellness programs that includes not just both physical and mental well-being approaches, or even the spiritual and vocational well-being approaches as well, which usually involve stress management, weight loss, activities, smoking cessation, uh, you know, things that are near, dear, dear, near and dear to us and is traditional of such programs. But what we're now starting to realize or what businesses are starting to realize, given the recent pandemic, is that modern employee health and wellness programs should also include high-quality medical aid to overcome health-oriented or even pandemic-related issues. And we talked about that, like the return of work planning, the infection control, the screening, the surveillances, 
the on-site flu clinics and the immunization clinics, to name a few. So, John, beyond employee health and beyond just the idea of making employees and, and workers healthier or safer or whatever it may be, what are some of the other reasons for businesses to offer this type of program? Does it go beyond just, you know, a, a nice benefit to have? You know, what are some of these things that you talk about when um, discussing with clients? There are a lot of incentives in offering a health and wellness program. I'll name five of them. One is reduced health care costs. Recent survey by Tower and Perrins, most reliable source here, 300 companies were analyzed with total healthcare costs, mounting up to roughly 29 billion annually. And on average, companies pay more than 9K per employee for health insurance. The more risk the employee holds by maintaining a healthy lifestyle, the more a company has to pay for comprehensive health insurance. I think we understand that. These wellness programs aren't just beneficial in helping to ward off things people know they are at risk for, but it also allows the promotion of a practice in preventative health. So the bottom line is this, healthy people we know are in a sense economical for employers to insure. So hence you get the reduced healthcare costs there. Secondly, I would say reduce sick days. We know that sick days result in productivity losses that can cost you know, an upwards of 180 billion per year. Uh, when wellness programs are established, healthy lifestyles are encouraged. That makes employees less vulnerable to illnesses. And we saw this glaringly true during the pandemic of most recent where productivity suffered at a global level and were affected worldwide and, and essentially stalled the, the global economy. I would say the third would be improved worker retention and turnover there. We maintain valuable employees um, and that's what every business strives to do. It's normally accomplished by offering incentives. And if an employee feels as if he or she matters and is cared for, they, they're more willing to become a long-term asset. A wellness program can act as one of those incentives. And based on a recent finding in the first quarter by Principal Financial, about 45% of employees saw wellness programs as one factor for staying with the company. 62% of workers believe these programs successfully worked at improving individual health. So we do see that improved worker retention and turnover is maximized when a health and wellness program is put together. Something that should not be left unrecognized is better employee morale. Uh, if you feel healthy, we know that it's natural to have a more positive outlook on life. I always relate this back to the movie Legally Blonde back in my days where the main character was always talking about, well, this person works out a lot and has a lot of endorphins and is and endorphins make people happy, so that person cannot commit the murder. Granted, that's a stretch, but it's essentially the same line of thinking. You know, when you're sick, looking at the bright side of things is may just be a little too tiring. So with healthy employees comes better attitudes, more willingness to work, a higher probability in participating in company activities. One study conducted by Balance Plus in conjunction with the Mayo Clinic found that participants in a wellness program offering, you know, things like discounted healthy meals or fitness center access or even health education showed increased knowledge and life satisfaction as well as energy. And that resulted in the company experiencing a steady, steadier level of employee morale. And I would wrap this up, Joe, with you know a fifth, which is the monetary perks. In addition to saving on healthcare costs, uh, many companies experience other more direct perks as side effects of these savings. Some states offer tax credits that can help reduce taxable income. There are also savings for workers' compensation premiums and claims. So on average, companies that implement wellness programs saw a 30% decrease in workers' compensation and disability claims. So again, you'll find a well-developed health and wellness program coupled with the right hiring to execute that program 
will be met with full circle results and effects. Workers' compensation insurance premiums are cheaper, fewer employees are absent from work, team morale is higher, and that's where, you know, Yo Healthcare and our occupational health consultants can assist. Yeah, you mentioned finally there the importance of having the right talent to kind of implement this program. It doesn't go just by itself uh, once you install it. So what does it take to actually put together a health and wellness program at a business? Uh, what are some of the steps involved and how does Yo, how do you approach this um, with clients all over? We take the process very seriously because we do understand the ripple effect that it can have to the overall success of a business. So in order to implement a successful health and wellness program in any business organization, what YO does is we follow certain steps to really dig in and identify any true gap issues. Uh, this includes conducting assessments. You know, we provide a team of consultants uh, to conduct assessments that include health risk assessments, employee surveys to analyze their personal wellness, organizational service surveys to understand which wellness programs can suit the organizational culture. We also work in partnership with management. We obtain that management support. Their partnership, the communication, and the support between our consultants and an organization's higher authorities is going to be essential in running up uh, a new plan or re revitalizing an already existing plan uh, in order to align it to its long and short-term goals um, that the company is looking to, to succeed in. I would say thirdly would be uh, developing a, a committee. Again, with, with these consultants that we've branded both in health, in the health and medical field, these professionals, they'll address the physical and mental health needs of the employees and evaluate any loopholes within the occupational wellness system of the organizations. And this spans, again, everything from your RNs to medical assistants, to your physician assistants, to physicians itself, you know, the list goes on and on. And these measures are all meant to provide through our service offering an additional um, area where we provide the periodic review of implementation so that we can continue to retool this because the one thing that we know that is very clear just based on the recent changes that have occurred post pandemic is the fact that you know change is going to happen nonetheless and in order to keep it keep a health and wellness program revitalized and continuing to uh, move at a positive way we must continue to change every aspect um, due to the circumstances that we're, we're in so, John, before I let you go, any final thoughts, highlights, final tips we want to want to leave our listeners with uh, before we part? Well, again, thanks again, Joe, for having me on. I'll leave it with this. We know that occupational health and well-being is, is not a new concept. The ideal, ideologies may have evolved through time. We know that. And we realize that it's not only a crucial factor in any labor-intensive industry, but has launched itself among a myriad of industries, verticals, and organizations. We do want to recognize that the prime aim of occupational health is to maintain the physical and mental well-being of employees, but even more so with the onset of the pandemic last year, the demand for expertise, solutions planning, and execution, and the ability to pivot is all the more crucial in developing a more holistic solution and approach. And let me say this, Yo has over 80 years of experience doing that and can speak to the domestic and global changes through almost a century's worth of work. From policies to pandemics, Yo is there to partner with organizations to see them through from start to finish, even at the most challenging times. Our vast experience, coupled with our well-positioned uh, subject matter experts, are able to pivot instantaneously against a variety of solutions. And that provides clients with a well-positioned, well-balanced partnership to establish some of the most innovative solutions for any occupational health program. John, I want to thank you for sharing your insights with us today and giving us just a sneak peek uh, into what the future may look like in employee wellness and occupational health in our new normal. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. 
to Yo's Back to Work podcast. To hear future episodes of this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen in. For Yo's Back to Work, I'm Joe McIntyre. Thanks for listening.